Welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the Emet community, and we are so very, very pleased and happy to have all of you out there tuning in with us today. We're going to be coming to you from one of our Sunday morning services, and we hope and pray that the message today will be a blessing to you. Romans chapter 6, let's pick it up with verse 11 today. Romans 6, verse 11. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto the sin nature, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not the sin nature therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto the sin nature, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For the sin nature shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. In the past several weeks, we've been dealing with three words, believe, reckon, and yield. Today, we're going to take a look at the word reckon a little bit more, I reckon, and uh, the word yield. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for every person that has come out this way today. Lord, they could have gone somewhere else, but Lord, you brought them here. And I thank you today for each one that's under the sound of my voice today. And Lord, I pray today that you will help me to say something that will be edifying to the body of Christ. Lord, I pray that your people will be drawn closer to you, deeper into your word, and led more by your spirit. And we're careful to give you praise and glory for all that you have done and for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen and Amen. I think it was sometime in the late... 1980s or early 90s, Barbara Walters did a special on the subject of drug abuse among teenagers. On her panel of people that she spoke with, she had three that represented secular organizations that were dealing with the drug problem. And among those was a group known as Teen Challenge. And Teen Challenge at that time was one of the largest Christian youth ministries in the nation at that time. And as she opened up the program, she gave them a few minutes to introduce themselves, tell a little bit about their organization and to give the success rate of those who had gone through their program. And the three secular organizations, they told a little bit about themselves and gave the, the statistics. The success rate was under 10%. And then Barbara Walters turned to the one who was in charge of Teen Challenge 
And the representative of Teen Challenge said 98% of those who go through our program are successful. And Barbara Walter said, well, what are you doing? Why is yours so much greater than these? And they said, we give them the gospel. We share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ and they get saved. She said, so in other words, you give them religion. Let me tell you something. When you give somebody the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're giving them more than just a religion. You're giving them the answer to the ills of mankind. You are giving them something that will change their lives forever. Barbara Walters turned and spent the rest of that program talking to those in the secular group and they were using their psychological jargon to try to solve this drug problem. And right at the closing of the program, she turned to the one that represented Teen Challenge Tell us where you're located and whatever the case, and she closed the program out. There, there she had sitting in front of her the answer. Obvious. Here's the proof. We have the proof to back up what we're saying. 98% of those who go through this program come through on the other side successful. But yet we don't want to hear that. Those who come to the Lord Jesus Christ in faith their lives are changed. And let me tell you something, it's more than just having your sins forgiven. See, most Christians say the only difference between those of us who are saved and the, and the lost out here, our sins is forgiven. I beg to differ with you. There is a great difference between the child of God and the lost world out here. There is more going on with the child of God than just having your sins forgiven. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling on the inside of you. And that is a big difference than the man that's out here in the world that's unsaved. There's more to your Christian experience than just having your sins forgiven. You have the Holy Spirit of God living down on the inside of you. And if you don't understand this inner change that has taken place inside your heart and life, you will not have the Christian experience as you ought to have that Jesus paid such an awful price for us to have and experience. It's like some of you going out here and giving your child a piece of land and building them a brand new house from the ground up, putting the finest carpet in there, the latest and greatest electronics, appliances hand them the key and say it's yours enjoy it 
and you ride by a few days later and there's a tent sitting out in the front yard and they're living in that tent. That's where most Christians are today. God has given us the keys to the kingdom of heaven and instead of going on into Canaan land, instead of going on into relationship with Jesus Christ and enjoying all that God has provided for us, we're dwelling in a tent. There is so much more to your Christian experience. God said my people perish because of a lack of knowledge. Four times in the sixth chapter, Paul said, No, knowing this, knowing that, know ye not. Look at your neighbor and tell him, You need to know something. The word reckon falls right in line with know, knowing. The word reckon means to add up a group of numbers. And you're trying to get to the grand total. You're trying to get to the conclusion. But you've got to add up what's been given to you. You've got to add up what you know. And Paul said here in Romans 6, 11, Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves. Here's what's been given to you. Here's the information that's been given to you. Now you need to put your faith in what's been given to you. And you need to add it all up and come to the conclusion. And he said here, Likewise reckon yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. In the first ten verses of the sixth chapter of the book of Romans, there's a lot that's been given to us here, knowledge that you need to have and understand. And the first thing you need to reckon yourself to is that you've been baptized into Jesus Christ. The word baptized, we all know what water baptism is. We, you can picture somebody right now going down in that water and coming up out of the water. That's baptism, total, complete uh, immersion into that water and coming up. But the word baptized, it, uh, the Greek word there is baptisma, and it means to come into union with something else so as to alter or change its condition. You are in union with Christ. I gave the little story of how I landed a job doing maintenance work and a hydraulic line blowed off a machine one night and blowed oil all over everywhere. And in order to fix that hydraulic line, we had to remove it from the machine. And we took another piece of metal and we welded it onto that pipe. And we welded it up solid. There was a crack in it and we reinforced it. You... The moment you got saved, you come into union with Christ. He wrapped you up and you are welded to Him. There's that union in Christ Jesus. Now when the pressure is on, now when circumstances hit you, you don't react the same as what you used to because you're now in union with Christ. In the mind of God, 
that union is so strong in the mind of God. When Jesus died on Calvary's cross, you died with him. It don't matter that he died on the cross 2,000 years ago. And you, here you are 2,000 years later accepting him as your Savior. In the mind of God, he places you on that cross with Christ the moment he died. You died in Christ. When Jesus was buried in the tomb, all of your sins was buried into that tomb with him. And when Jesus was raised from the dead, you were raised from the dead. A new creation in Christ Jesus. Reckon yourselves to be dead to the sin nature, but alive unto God. And that's the second thing. Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to the sin nature. Every single human being is born with that sin nature. And as we grow up, that sin nature dominates. It's pictured as a slave master ruling and reigning over a slave. And we don't have any choice in the matter. And, and back in the Old Testament times, when a person was born a slave, they were a slave for life. Only death could separate them from that slave master. And every human being is born under that slave master of the sin nature. And only death can separate us. You need to reckon yourself to be in Christ. When Jesus died on that cross, you died with him. His death set you free from that old slave master of the sin nature. And now you need to reckon yourself to be alive unto God. Reckon yourself to be alive unto God. See, before you got saved, you were dead to God. You didn't want anything to do with God. Some of you saw me coming and you run the other way. Some of y'all still see me coming and you run the other way. <laughs> you didn't want anything to do with the preacher. You didn't want anything to do with God. But now that you're saved, you can't get enough of the things of God. You find yourself spending more and more time in His Word. You find yourself more and more in prayer. You find yourself more and more in church. You find yourself more and more falling in love with Jesus Christ. You're alive unto God now. That means that we are to serve Him with everything we have. Whereas we used to serve the sin nature to unrighteousness, now we serve God unto righteousness and holiness. You belong to God now. We all want to hear the Lord say one day, Well done, good and faithful servant. And a servant, a slave, is one whose will is swallowed up in the will of his master. Whatever the master asks of the servant to do, he does it. And one day, 
we'll all stand before him. And he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. Now, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes into your heart and life. When Jesus died on Calvary's cross, he paid the sin debt for all of mankind. The payment of that sin debt now opens up the door for the Holy Spirit to come into, into the heart and life of the believer. Jesus told the disciples, he said, now you have the Spirit with you, but he shall be in you. This was before he died on Calvary's cross. Now that man's sin debt has been paid, the Holy Spirit can now come inside the heart and life of the believer. And we're all born with a human nature. All of us laugh. We cry. We eat. Some a little more than others. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. We're to enjoy life. There's nothing wrong with human nature. It's neutral. It's the way God has designed us to be. But the sin nature that we're all born with corrupts human nature. And human nature gets bent toward some things a little more than others. That's why you have some people who can't tell the truth. I'm talking about even after they're saved, they have trouble telling the truth. Not too long ago, they arrested this young lady. She's well known, got albums all over the country. But she was arrested for stealing. Why was she stealing? She's got plenty of money. There's that bent in her heart toward doing that. She gets a thrill out of that. That, that sin nature bends the human nature. But now, when the Holy Spirit comes inside, by you putting your faith in Christ and His finished work, you now have another nature. The Christian has three natures. Whereas the lost man out here only has two. The lost man has human nature and sin nature. You as a Christian, you've got three. You've got a human nature, you've got a sin nature, and you've got the divine nature, the Holy Spirit. So there's a difference between you and the lost sinner man out here in the world. You've got a divine nature inside of you. And you've got a choice. See, And Paul brings it out here in this verse. Look at it. Romans 6, verse 12. Let not the sin nature therefore reign in your mortal body. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life, He overpowers that sin nature. Renders it ineffective. Unplugs it. 
we've got a, a lamp back here in the vestibule. And that thing will come on as long as it's plugged in. But if it's unplugged, you can flip the switch and play with it, mess with it all you want, and it won't come on because it's unplugged. It's still back there in the vestibule. If I unplug it, it's still there, but it's, it, it's powerless. It's not going to do anything. And the, and the sin nature is in our lives, but it's been unplugged. And someone asked a question, Brother James, why doesn't God remove the sin nature? Well, the sin nature and us being born with that sin nature, it is intertwined with the flesh. So intertwined, the only way we're ever going to be free from it is when we die. Now that tells us something, because Paul said it there. Verse 7, he that is dead is freed from sin. If you'll go back in the book of Genesis, what caused the fall to begin with? Adam and Eve, they eat something. And when you eat something, it gets absorbed into your bloodstream. So it's more that the sin nature, it goes deeper and goes further than just a spiritual thing. It is a physical thing. And I believe that it has something to do with the blood. And it's transferred from generation to generation. Every single human being that was ever born is born with this sin nature. If God removed the sin nature, you would be dead. But God also allows the sin nature to stay to keep us humble. Now, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. You have a choice as to whom you're going to serve. Choose this day whom you will serve. Are you going to serve that old slave master of the sin nature, or are you going to serve God through the power of the Holy Spirit? He said in verse 13, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto the sin nature. In this verse, Paul used the word instruments. And the Greek word there for instruments is hopla. And it means or gives reference to the weapons of a Greek soldier. And Paul is telling us if we yield ourselves, yield the members of our physical bodies over to that which is sinful, over to the sin nature, then the sin nature will use the members of our physical bodies as instruments against us. In other words, you become your own worst enemy when you yield yourself to the sin nature rather to the Holy Spirit. Flip it around, say it this way. If you will yield yourself to the Holy Spirit, if you will cooperate with the Spirit, if you will walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you will walk in the Spirit... You will live a life that is pleasing unto God. And if you will yield the members of your physical body to the Holy Spirit, then you can be an effective weapon in the Christian warfare that is going on in this world. And how many of you want to beat the devil up? 
But so many are being beat up by the devil because they don't understand what is being said here in the sixth chapter of the book of Romans. Now, Paul said this, Dana, if you will pull it up, Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. We're not being asked to do anything unreasonable. God has paid an awful price for our salvation. And he's not asking anything unreasonable for us to serve the Lord. And he said, present your body. The word present is the exact same Greek word that's used over there in Romans chapter 6 when it says to yield. It has to do with what you present yourself to. You know what sinful activity is. You know better than to go to the nightclub down the road here because you know what's going on. You don't present your physical body in a situation that is conducive to sin. You present your body to that which is holy and acceptable. You present your body to the church here on Sunday morning when the door is open. Amen. That's right. <laughs> you present yourself to Christian programming rather than some of the secular garbage that comes over radio and television. And he said there in verse 16, Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey. There's your choice. Are you going to yield yourself to that sin nature? Or are you going to yield yourself to the Holy Spirit to have His way. If you would like to have a free copy of the message you've just heard today, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. Established in the Faith is also on Facebook. Just look us up. You'll also find today's message there as well. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, feel free to give us a call. The number is 252-299-4234. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church in Middlesex, North Carolina, as well depends on the prayerful and financial support of listeners like you to contribute to this ministry. Make a check out to Friendship Church in the memo box, Right Radio Ministry. Mail it to Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hi, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you have been listening to Establishing the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He is the pastor of Friendship Original Free Will Baptist Church in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the Emmett community. On Sunday mornings, we have Sunday school starting at 945 and worship service at 11. The church is located one mile off of Highway 231 in Emmett, North Carolina. Just turn in front of Johnson Auto Savage on the Friendship Church Road. We would love to have you and hope to see you there. 
and we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. God bless you.